Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's a fellow Navy veteran. It's Gene Moran. Gene, you are the president of Capital Integration. Uh, you help defense and security clients uh, improve and accelerate funding and selling to the federal government. But actually, we were just talking. I like the way that you describe it. What, Gene, what do you do? Josh, I help companies achieve dramatic outcomes when selling to the federal government. Ah, I love it. I love it. You're also the author of, of a few books, uh, one that's well-known, and that's How to Master the Three-Ring Circus of Federal Sales, but a passion project that you and I are both, that we we absolutely, uh, I love, and I'm so grateful that you wrote this book. It's called Make Your Move, um, which we're definitely going to be talking about, um, especially, and that is specifically. And so for our friends who are listening to, our friend is listening to this right now, um, Please get ready to share this episode and share this book with someone that you know that is either active serving in the military, recently separated, military veteran business owner, because uh, Gene, you have a wealth of experience. Uh, you are a former captain uh, in the United States Navy, and uh, you were surface. Well, I'll let you go ahead and explain your military experience. <laughs> yeah, I was fortunate enough to command ships. Uh, Throughout a 24-year uh, career, I was in cruisers and destroyers, had command of a cruiser and command of a destroyer, served in six ships overall. Uh, ashore, I worked in Washington in budgeting and appropriations that's interacting with Congress about funding, uh, advising the most senior leaders of the Navy, Secretary of the Navy, Chief of Naval Operations, worked on the Joint Staff. Uh, a, a lot of active duty experience that, that, that many people get, but, but some that were pretty, pretty darn unique. Uh, I, I was able to transition into a corporate job in Washington, uh, leading legislative affairs for a, a large defense company that was internationally owned. Uh, and I went through an experience that many people go through as they work through their first job or jobs after active duty. And I, I came to that point of uh, recognizing a lack of fulfillment it takes a little while to recognize what that is, but I, I came to learn that others were also experiencing a lack of fulfillment a couple of years out of active duty. And there's a lot of reasons for it, uh, but but it is a, uh, I believe it's a universal truth that uh, you, you have to figure out what really fulfills you as you get into those post-active duty jobs. Yeah. For the last eight years, I've been a, an independent uh, lobbyist and consultant. Uh, running my own business as a solopreneur, and uh, it is probably the best time in my professional life by leaps and bounds. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, for again, for our podcast, you know, friend who's listening to us right now, uh, Gene, you're actually on the street in Honolulu right now. Uh, so, uh, if the audio is a little choppy, please bear with us. I promise, what Gene has to share is exceptionally valuable. Um, 
Gene, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd like to uh, talk a little bit more about the world of government contracting, selling to the federal government, um, and then and, and then we're definitely going to talk about you know the opportunity for military veterans uh, who are transitioning to the private world and and the amazing opportunity they have, and just how valuable they are with that background and that experience. I promise we're going to get to that. Um, but you have such a wealth of experience working in the government contracting world. Um, the first question I have is folks that uh, desire to sell to the federal government, when they first get into this world, how are they usually surprised by how it's different than maybe what they were expecting? Most don't understand the process at all. They understand that they need to get a contract and there are ways to qualify for a contract. But I operate at a part of the process that is well above and before the contract can ever evolve. And that's a focus on funding. You have to understand where the funding is placed or will be placed or can be placed. And you have to appreciate what policies may be affecting, supporting, or impinging on funding. If you don't understand where your money comes from, what account it's in, what budget line it's in, who sponsors that, how those requirements that resource, that, that, uh, uh, valid, that, that produce a, a resourcing plan, if you, if you can't follow that, you're not prepared to enter the contracting world. And many, many people, I mean thousands and thousands of companies, focus on the contract. There is a cottage industry associated with contracting and getting contracts, but that's that's the very tail end of the process. And so my pretty rich background as a, a person on active duty supporting the, the Navy defense of a budget, preparation of a budget uh, in, a, in a corporate setting, trying to influence a budget, uh, working in Congress, uh, as part of teams that evaluate budgets, and now as an entrepreneur help, helping other companies see this entire playing field. I use the term the three rings of, of the circus, industry, agency, and Congress are three rings where this funding <laughs> process is um, taking place. And, and if, you, if you can't maneuver in those three rings with a focus on funding, you'll forever be chasing contracts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and one thing that I know that I've noticed is uh, <laughs> personality wise, uh, well, I was going to say uh, operationally, uh, make sure you got a little runway <laughs> um, personality wise, uh, be ready for the long game. That that's my uh, kind of outside experience, but can you talk a little bit about the reality of sales cycles when you're working and selling with the federal government? Absolutely. Uh, so I, I have commercial clients who are moving their way into uh, defense work and uh, their definition of runway and uh, uh, the long game is quite different than the federal definition. Mm -hmm. So federal uh, operates in fiscal years and uh, there are three budgets in motion at any one time in various states of either development, review or execution. And those three fiscal years in motion represent near, mid, and long-term opportunities for people to participate in the process. When you are chasing a contract, you are in the execution year. You are, you are, that, that is the dog closest to the sled. But the 
uh, fiscal years that are in review and in development, those are two and three years out respectively. Uh, there's great opportunity there to shape an outcome long before the acquisition professionals get a hold of the the funding to to put on contract. Yeah, um, and so um, you know, let's say someone is. Uh, they've made it like they want to sell janitorial services, for example, right? Uh, would be an example. I, I could think of like one uh, military veteran owned business owner in Central Florida uh, that we had chatted about. Um, and eventually, I mean, it took him many years uh, to really get the momentum going. So he's like, you know, I had to clean a lot of offices while I was just putting in RFPs, you know, and you know, I, I just kind of kept kept at it. I, it was patient, you know, and eventually I landed my first contract. And, you know, now it's, uh, you know, it's a lot of work and I love what I do. But, um, you know, don't expect that, <laughs> you know, you're going to have to do probably a lot of small private stuff while some of the bigger federal stuff gets in. And another, um, of course, another um, way that might be a good in, and, and I'd love your perspective on this, is your municipal, your local, your, your state government uh, contracts as well might be, a little, I don't know, maybe might be a little bit more accessible. I don't know what your experience is with that. Well, I, I can pick it apart a little bit. The uh, first services firm, use the example of janitorial services, those are funded through what are called operations and maintenance funds. Those are annual funds that are uh, applied to uh, goods and services that are that are quite expendable. That is that is short-term money that has a, a one-year life. Uh, that is different from developing a technology through R&D funds, which, which have a longer life cycle, or procurement funds, which also have a, a longer life cycle, where you use procurement funds to buy military articles, so equipment and platforms. Uh, so there's a difference, and, and those differences are identified by the that there's a term of art is called colors of money. What what color of money is funding that particular contract? Mm -hmm. So your colleague in the janitorial world uh, did it through the, the blood, sweat, and tears of just continuing to, to play the numbers game and, and do it over and over. If you're selling a product, uh, some, something that would be procured, or if you're developing a capability, uh, you might do that over the course of a couple of years, and you might have multiple things in motion over the course of a couple of years applied to multiple fiscal years. And what you would find is that by the end of two to three years, you may have multiple things in motion that are funded that are now performing bedrock business for your company. And when you're, when you're standing on bedrock in the federal government, you have more latitude. You're, you're able to take more risk. You're able to take things on because you're, you're keeping the lights on. You're not, you're not worried so much about some of those, uh, the fundamentals of running a business. Yeah. All right. Now I'm really excited to talk about make your move. Uh, and I want to address first uh, for potential employers uh, or uh, maybe someone that's looking for uh, a business partner, or uh, they're they're looking for talent in some way. If you can find someone who has a background in military experience, what are some of the common um, advantages or strengths that may come with someone who has that background? 
Yeah, the attributes of any military veteran are are very recognizable. Uh, the the discipline, the ability to persevere, the uh, recognition that hey, you need to embrace the hard work occasionally and and just get it done. Uh, you know, on active duty, when when the difficult tasks come, you don't have the choice to shy away from it or uh, kick it down the road. You you get it done. So there's a um, uh, there's a, a work ethic that any military person has experienced and can recognize, and they, and they can they can uh, bring that into an environment where that that may not exist. Um, I do observe that many military active duty people who are transitioning don't know how to put a value on those sort of intangibles. And that, and in part, that's because everybody around them is on active duty. They all, they all uh, ha- have a similar ethic uh, and, and, and ethos, um, but they don't know how to uh, put a value on that in the, in the corporate space or in the, in the commercial world. And so they, they undervalue what they're bringing to the table. They don't, they don't recognize how different and unique they are. Uh, because everybody around them seems to look the same as they do or act the same as, as they do. Uh, so uh, I, I'd i like to encourage uh, anybody in transition to to really understand the environment you're going into and, and acknowledge your your uniqueness and, and don't undervalue yourself. Yeah, I you know, I was talking with a friend of mine and and uh, he uh, hires a lot of um, a lot of tech uh, talent, uh, you know, kind of fresh out of college, a lot of, uh, you know, maybe uh, Gen Z. Uh, and and he says, um, you know, again, without stereotyping, his experience was that, unfortunately, and maybe this is just, it's not necessarily a generational thing. Maybe it's just that stage of life, right? But he says, the problem that we have a lot with a lot of our younger talent is they give up pretty easy. And, and it's really frustrating for us where they say, ah, it's too and again, this is maybe an unfair stereotype, but I'm getting to a point. <laughs> and that point is, right, is, is the problem that he was experiencing is that they they didn't see the mission through or the task through all the way to the completion, despite, yes, there are going to be challenges. There are going to be things that seem insurmountable. Um, and here's my experience uh, is that, you know, with the folks that I served with, uh, and what I remember from my experience is there's no, you, you don't go back to, <laughs> to, you know, whether it's in boot camp to the company commander or, you know, to your chief or your, you know, your, your officer and say, yeah, it was getting a little hard. So I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's the, the message to Garcia, right? Just get it done. Don't, they, you don't, you don't need to ask, uh, what are the 16 different ways I should, I should try to get this done. You just get it done. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do want to, that, that's, that's really the, I'd say of the military veterans that I've been able to work with and, and uh, you know, or partner with or whatever, there is definitely that, no, we just get the job done. We don't even, yes, it's hard, et cetera. So I, that's the biggest plug I would put in for hire a vet. Whether it's a you know an agency owner, consultant, coach, uh, you're going to find that's a very very common thread in terms of like you know very very um, mission completion oriented. For our veterans who are listening right now, for our uh, folks that are still serving and they're wearing the uniform right now, 
what would you tell them about the world today and the opportunity that they have and maybe some things that they might be thinking about in preparation for their exit so that they can market themselves in a way, because I know that there's a lot of great opportunities and there's a lot of great incentives out there. If you're willing to lean into those resources and educate yourself, but Gene, you wrote the book on it. So yeah, <laughs> I'll give yeah. you more. Uh, so the, the book is, is, is my story of my experiences of, of kind of working through some of the discomfort that that comes with uh, maybe uh, finding yourself in the wrong position and recognizing that you want more in terms of fulfillment. Um, I, I think uh, there are you know a lot of ways to approach the post-military career. Uh, don't think of it as what am I going to do for the next 20 years? Mm. Focus on the next three years because the odds are overwhelmingly uh, would overwhelmingly suggest that you will do multiple things af- after your military career. Uh, I I think about life, about retirement, about work, uh, about family. I think about everything differently than I did on the day I retired in 2008 after 24 years. I work in an area and I work on things in some cases that did not exist in 2008. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm helping companies with technology that was not even a uh, a dream on somebody's uh, R and D board. Uh, I I help uh, others who are working uh, to develop their own businesses in in ways that I I could not even have imagined. Um, uh, you mentioned at the top. I'm sitting in Honolulu. This <laughs> is this is not the first time I've I've done this. I I work remotely all the time. <clears throat> frankly, because my, my clients don't care where I am when I when I apply. Right. My sort of I I, I do knowledge work. So uh, I, um, I have this flexibility, but it's a lifestyle that I could not clearly envision the day I left the Navy. So don't try to solve for a, a next 20-year career because that's a myth. And the, the yeah. retirement that your grandparents lived, that's a fantasy that you, yeah. you will not live. So don't, don't try to use that as your guide. Uh, focus on the shorter term of what, what you can solve for. And... Uh, you know, be thinking about some of those longer term, longer term concerns, you know, healthcare and, uh, you know, how will you fund a retirement? But uh, there's a lot of, lot of different ways to get at it that uh, have not even come into your field of view yet. Yeah. Gene Moran, your website is genemoran.com. Your new book is Make Your Move, Charting Your Post-Military Career, uh, and that's on Amazon. You have an audiobook for it, too. Thank you so much. As an audiobook geek, uh, thank you so much for getting the uh, the production. You, did you voice it, or did you hire a, a voice person? I we, we hired a professional voice person. However, in the audiobook, between chapters are interviews with me uh, by the publisher, um, oh, cool. Uh, Anna, David, and uh, we talk, you know, in a little more detail about what what inspired uh, each of the, the the chapters. So it's it's a different approach to an audiobook. I love it. That's I love that. All right. Going to add it to my queue. Gene, thank Excellent. you so much for joining us. Thank you, Josh, and for all you do. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. 
I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and reshare you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review, and we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.